Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I am Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our children, we're losing an entire generation. And today, as always, we will be diving headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. And, and today, I want to ask the question, what is a man nowadays? Is it the dude at Starbucks with the $12 latte that isn't ethically sourced, and he's crying about that? What about the 40-year-old man in the women's bathroom who is wearing a dress and actually has the audacity to say that it's his right to do so? See, this is a serious problem in our country, and it starts with the academic institutions. And so today we're going to discover how and why this is part of the crime of the century. One of the points that I want to make right now to launch into really why this is part of the crime of the century is really the historically the problems with academic ideas or ideas that aren't founded that are rooted in some sort of hyperbole or or, or um, I guess you would say ideological fervor and the problem is that they they, they always trickle down and they start and it might take about 20 years, uh, typically. Um, but you, you take something like the French Revolution, and it starts with, with the Enlightenment way back in the 1600s. I mean, so 100 years before the Revolution. But these ideas go generation to generation. And, and there's a man uh, in French history, I talked about him about seven podcasts ago, um, number two, I think it was, uh, Rousseau, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And he was really kind of the model for the French Revolution. And so one of the things he did uh, was take the ideas of the revolution and kind of radicalize them. And it, he was in a very academic setting. It was sterile. There was no testing to be done. Um, and eventually, and it took about 50 years, uh, obviously the, the literacy rates are much lower then. And, uh, comprehension of these ideas, many of these battles would be academic. Uh, today, you know, I mentioned it was about 20 years for, for ideas to kind of get down to the people. Uh, back then, it was probably about 50 just from the literacy rates and it having to be retold. Um, you know, only the upper, upper class would read the paper. But what really happened with Rousseau and the French Revolution, why that has so much to do with our talk about masculinity today is that his ideas trickled down to the general public and eventually turned into the French Revolution, which turned into Napoleon, which really became very, very violent and bloody and ended up in a lot of death um, to eventually come full circle and pretty much follow what the English were doing. So just because a, somebody who masquerades as an as a, as a enlightened individual, a professor, a, they don't even have to be a doctorate, but somebody in that uh, tenure position. And, and what moves into my second point about ideas trickling down um, really starts with the fact that, that per, people who have such a high status, an educated man or woman, um, really affects how we see the world. And so to jump ahead about 200 years in history to really the, the, the hippie movement here and a lot of the, the issues with the, the free love hippies or whatever, and they realized in the 60s and the, the 70s, I'm sorry, um, 
that you can't really live in the woods by yourself and your VW bus is eventually going to break down and um, you know you can't live off tree bark and marijuana. So they actually moved into the real world for a brief time and realized that too that they had no real skills because they had been smoking weed and protesting Vietnam for the past half decade. And so you know they start to write books about the time period because it was really a momentum a, a shift in this country. We had the roaring 50s. Of the, America was so strong and, and, and un, unfazed by the rest of the world to the late 60s where, you know, it looks like we're no better than the Soviets because of these, uh, you know, we, these, these college kids who think they understand what the world looks like after only being there for, you know, two or three years. And so really what began to happen, they start to write books about the, the, their experiences and they're still very radicalized because they never they were never softened by the experiences in the real world like their fathers and, and their father's fathers and so the point I want to make the, the second point I want to make here was that that movement when they wrote books and got invited to speak at, at universities and eventually some of them even became professors that radicalism never left and so that's what they taught because that's what they knew and that's what they know is this they they pretend to know so much more because they quote see other cultures and and this and that but really what they do is they just still hate the US because they're still living in this Vietnam era anti-war so they're they're still very anti-american and they still think that drudging up old ideas that haven't worked will somehow work in the future and so that this, that point I want to make here is very crucial that not only do ideas trickle down as we can see really exemplified best with the French Revolution but then you have these this group of, of kids really that were never shown what it was like for the most part to, to live and to have to work and go get something that you want and go fight for it and go push and attack and do everything that you need to do to go get it they never got it it was more or less handed to them i mean uh uh the the, the hippies were rich kids for the most part there was a, a a quote where somebody you know said that he had the girl and the mustang but then he smoked weed and went to live in the woods and now he's this new man I mean, you could afford a, a, a $10,000 automobile at age 18. Of course, you don't know how the rest of the world lives, right? And so they never lost this radicalism because they never, like I said, had to go fight. So then they start to teach the younger generation. And this is the third point I want to make here is the, the, the third wave kind of radical feminist movement that says that... Uh, women are mistreated still or whatever and I'm sure there's the wives are still getting beaten and you know but there's still children dying and still wars and there's still bad things in the world it's not like they only exist in the US and so this this third wave that we're seeing now really comes out of the teachings of, the, of these people who, who, who for all intents and purposes still live in the woods and drop acid and so the idea that this this new third wave, this radical third wave that's going to change the world that really has latched on to, I don't want to say the millennials because I don't, I don't really think they have a movement attached to them yet, but that in between, they're not Gen X, but they're not like yet millennials, those kind of in-betweens that really 
haven't found their purpose in the world and haven't found what God has called them to do in the world, they think that by destroying the nuclear family and what's held humanity together for across all cultures for hundreds of thousands of years, you know, man, woman, child, that family somehow attacking that now will produce whatever they want to produce. I don't know, the, the, the blue and yellow mohawks and, uh, you know, people wearing women's dresses in the street. I don't know if that's our future, but that's the way it's going. If we let these ideas that have never been properly tested and have gone through the actual world, if we never, if we don't let them die and we continue to perpetuate them, especially in our collegiate institutions, then that's what we're going to have in the end. We're not going to have the, the, the typical family that, that really leaves a generation stronger. Um, you know, I, I was very blessed to grow up in a household that was not, you know, my parents didn't really fight and we had a, uh, I had a mother and a father that were um, very loving and everything and, and that really helped stabilize everything that I went through. It gave me confidence, it gave me everything, it gave me the ability to, in a, in a liberal school, a, a fight on, on behalf of the conservative values and, and band together with that small contingent of conservatives in that school. It allowed me to do that because I knew when I went home that I was supported. I knew when I went home, I had that stable family. Well, if I got two dads that are always fighting about I'm not going to go that way, but that, that's a smaller video for another day. But it, but you understand what I mean? That if I I don't have that, I'm not going to be very confident. I'm going to go back to school, and maybe I wouldn't, you know, maybe I would still be uh, conservative. But if I'm not confident in my own beliefs, then I'm just going to get starting, you know, beat over the head with these uh, with these really indoctrinating values. And something we're going to talk about next week um, about that second invasion of the communists. And I'm just getting beat over the head with it. I don't have the confidence because I got, uh, uh, you know, one dad thinks he's the mom and the mom thinks she's the dad. And I, I'm like, you know, 14 years old, so I don't know how the rest of the world works. That's that's not a recipe for success. And then I come out of, of, of public school or I come out of college and now I think that's the real world when in reality the real world is go kill something, go attack something, trade it for value, a la money, and support yourself. Instead of, I'm gonna sit here and, you know, contemplate if, whether or not I want different genitals and expect the government to pay for everything. And that's really the issue. And really the third and fourth point I want to make was we have a growing number of fatherless households. We have this this third wave who says that that is so demented back from their 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 days of living in the woods or the professors who did we go we can trace it all the way back um to the 60s where this where these attacks just start start happening and and so the issue with the fatherless household too is that's where that's where a lot of issues happen um a lot of there's a high high number of a lot of the shooters that we're having recently who didn't have fathers, who never were shown or told what it was to be a man, to go out and go kill and go get it and, you know, have that drive. They they never had that. And so to, to say that's a good thing is really unfounded. It's, it's not tested and it, it really is 
starting in these academic institutions and trickling down into the common person. And if we, as a country, lose the ability of the common man to go get it, to go fight, to go do everything that, that God has intended them to do, then we're left with a country of, uh, of, of mongrels and, and, and people who can't defend themselves. And that's not a recipe for success. So really the point of all this today and the point of this podcast today, I want to make it real clear, is that we are still feeling the effects of, of, of the 60s, of the late 60s. It moved into the academic institutions first for um, you know about 20 years and then started to trickle down. And now what we have is an attack on the basic structure of, of what it means to even be a mammal. I mean, uh, the ability for somebody to go get it, the ability for, uh, for uh, a woman to be confident in the fact that she can childbear and continue her family, that, that is a good thing. And, but, but we've gotten in this, this strange universe now where, where it's not. And, and in fact, we're even paying for this, this, this crap that we call education, that all it does is, is, is attack and remove what makes us so successful. So that's why this is part of the crime of the century. And something we're going to talk about next week, we're also being indoctrinated into a very destructive political force and a very destructive political group who hates the United States. And it starts with the academic institutions. And this is the crime of the century.